Good morning, church, to this second Sunday of Easter. We are thankful for this virtual space in which we can continue to worship and praying together, and even receiving a teaching from the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. In order to do that, I would like to invite you to join me in the reading of the gospel of Luke chapter 24. Um, I won't read the entire passage, but I will invite you to read the entire story on your spare time. This is a well-known story, I presume, and appropriate for a day like today. It happened the same day that Jesus was raised from the dead. And the characters of the story are Jesus and two of his disciples. And the story reads on this way. Now the same day, two of them were going to the village called Emmaus. About seven miles from Jerusalem, they were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talk and discuss these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, What are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleophas, asked him, Are you only a visitor to Jerusalem? and do not know the things that had happened there in these days. What things, he asked, about Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and in deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is that today is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went up to the tomb early this morning, but they didn't find his body. This is the first thing that I want you to understand right from the beginning of this passage is that the only reason they are walking in this road is because things have not happened according to their expectations. Nothing happened according to their plans. That's why in verse 21, they, they said, we had hope that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. In other words, they were feeling hopeless. Their assumptions of how this redemption was going to look like did not pan out. I think this is a perfect time for us to understand the way they felt. Because everything in our lives is going the way we planned, right? No, not really. Just look at the way we are meeting now. Just look at maybe other things in your life that look like they are upside down. Vacations planned are now canceled. I have here the bracelets to go to Disney of all my families. And yet, this is as far as they can take me now because we can go to Disney. Medical appointments are being postponed because nobody wants to be even closer to a hospital right now. And maybe even your income has changed. Definitely not the way you plan this Easter season. So, can you understand their circumstances? Can you see the obvious sense of despair in their conversation? Now, 
The second most important, that is really the most important thing in this passage is that even in their circumstances, Jesus continued to reach at them. As he does with us right now. He is there walking with them. Now he's stretching their faith. So he asked the question, what are you talking about? You have heard me say in the past that Jesus never asked a question because he doesn't know the answer. He asked the question because he wants us to pay attention to our own answer. Verse 18, they, they ask, they respond to the question that Jesus asked like, are you the only one, a foreigner that doesn't know what's going on in these later days over here? Can you hear their despair in their tone? They have Dismiss the whole thing to a mere failure. They have deemed the entire account of Jesus' life to a misplaced hope, to a misplaced trust. And you have, to, you have to wonder, why did they do that? They knew Jesus. They knew everything he'd done to prove that he was who he claimed to be. And yet, they're here unable to recognize him. Maybe they knew about him, but they didn't know him. Now, this is important for us to also think about. Can we blame them for acting in this way? Don't we act the same way when things doesn't come the way we plan? Also, I hear people say, I can't believe we cannot meet now. I can't believe we are not going on our vacation. I can't believe we have to stay home. Now, can I stretch your faith? What happened if instead of giving up and admitting defeat, we change the way we see things? Maybe God is up to something we simply don't understand. After all, the only rebuke Jesus gives to his fellow walkers is their lack of faith. That was an unprecedented situation, like the one we are living right now. Last week we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. What can be more unprecedented than that? And if we believe that, can we believe that maybe, just maybe, God is up to something right now? We have the evidence of the empty tomb. We have the evidence of everything he's done for us in the past. Then, just because we cannot understand or explain what we're going through right now, it doesn't mean he's not up to doing something. Now, I understand how difficult all this is for all of us, where our faith are being stretched. Corrigan Boom said, Worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrows. It empties today of its strength. Worrying about what happens tomorrow won't help us go through this day. Instead, let's look at the Word and see what 1 Peter 5, 7 says. Cast all your anxiety on Him because He cares for you. As the story continues, Jesus had Bible study with them. He explained the scriptures concerning himself. And after that, he did not force his entrance to the house. 
But on their insistence, he came and partake with them. And at that moment, it happened. Their eyes were open. And a simple meal became a sacrament. And a simple home became the, God, the house of God. Kind of like what happened last week when we had virtual communion and we invited Jesus to become part of our own tables. I have been amazed to see the slew of the gospel teaching in the internet and in every social platform. Pastors are checking with parishioners on a daily basis. Multiple Bible studies are being offered in different virtual platforms. Phone tree challenges are happening all over, and old-fashioned cards and letters are being sent and received. And people all over the world, as we are yearning to be together again, to praise God together in the same space, to break bread and to share a holy meal. And you still think that God is not up to something? Everything I share, I know it won't change our circumstances. But it will certainly change the way we can see things. As I saw Dr. Jeff Frommeyer, Professor of Proclamation of Asbury Theological Seminary, last week gave his Good Friday uh, message. He ended his message asking, so what do we do now? And I thought his answer was really appropriate for today. Since we can understand, since we can explain why we're going through this situation, I thought his answer will be very applicable for today. So what do we do now? Where do we go from here? And his answer was, well, we sing. And I would like to invite you to sing with us this song at the end of this message. And part of this song reads in this way, And I'm going to sing in the middle of the storm, Louder and louder, you're going to hear my praises roar. Up from the ashes, hope will arise. Death is defeated, the king is alive. presence of my enemies eyes of hallelujah louder than the unbelief eyes of hallelujah my weapon is a melody Eyes of hallelujah and Heaven comes to fight for me I'm gonna sing In the middle of a storm Louder and louder You're gonna hear my praises roar From the ashes Hope will arise Death is defeated the king is alive I raise a hallelujah with everything inside of me 